0: Before we begin today's show, the NFL officially kicks off this week. Unfortunately, so do the Cleveland Browns. And I just wanted to take this chance to remind you all that some of our outstanding football podcasts that we have here at ESPN, shows like the Adam Schefter podcast, the Bill Barnwell show, and how about the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny. Whether you're a hardcore or casual fan, I guarantee there's a podcast for you. You can search for these shows wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, leave them a review and tell them I sent you. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA and we are brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Joining us from the bubble in Orlando, actually, is the Clippers game actually over yet? We're, I'm, it's uh, it's midnight on uh, Wednesday night. Tim Bontemps, is the game over yet?
1: There's mere seconds left. The Clippers are about to go up 3-1.
0: Okay, so we're we're jumping the gun a little bit. You'll probably hear the horn in the background. Um, Tim was at the Celtics-Raptors game tonight, which uh, was mildly entertaining. We'll talk about that in a second. Joining us from Dallas, who had an interesting story tonight about Daniel House of the Houston Rockets, which we'll also be talking about shortly, is Timothy Band-McMahon.
2: Howdy, partners.
0: Speaking of band, Daniel House. Mm. Anyway, we'll get to that shortly. Um, I just want to tell you that tonight, as I was watching Kyle Lowry have a quintessential game. You know, the man's been in a lot of playoff games. He's got a ring. I, I don't know if I can say it was his greatest performance. I don't know if that's fair in a second round game. But it was an elimination game. And as he played 53 minutes and had 33 points, uh, eight rebounds, six assists, played, I have no idea how long with five fouls. It felt like an hour in real time with five fouls. And I saw all the plays that he made. He was only credited with two steals, but boy, it felt like more watching it. Um, I was remembering that time against the Cavs, maybe four or five years ago, where... He was playing so poorly that he basically had to take a mental break and walked back to the locker room in the middle of the game. And he got destroyed for not being mentally tough enough, um, not being a finisher, not being a guy who could deliver in the playoffs, and it just being a message about maturation and sticking with it because Kyle Lowry is one of the most mentally tough people I think uh, you'll ever see right now in the, in the playoffs. And Tim, I was texting you during that game. You were in the arena. You talked about how tense it was. Um, what an incredible gutty performance by the champs.
1: I mean, it, it, it was just an incredible game to watch. I mean, you had Brad Stevens go with uh, his starters for the, all of the fourth quarter, all of both overtimes, didn't make a final a substitution I think, for the final 23 minutes of the game. Nick nurse basically only made substitutions at the very end of uh, quarters for, you know, like rebounding purposes and stuff. I mean, it was essentially the same 10 guys on the court for what felt like an hour. And, you know, look, it was what four or five days ago, maybe when the Raptors were on the verge of going down Oh three in this series. And it took Kyle Lowry throwing a pass over seven foot five taco fall across the court to OG and and for a game winning three, just to even give these guys a chance in this series. And, for them to have the the wherewithal to fight back and to dig dig deep and find a way to come back against the Celtics team that frankly has more firepower than them on offense. And, you know, they seem outgunned almost at every turn. And yet, you know, they say you've gotta, you know, knock the champ out to beat them. And the Celtics have had two chances now to do that and miss both times. And you know, now we get a game seven on Friday, which, you know, I think given the way the series has gone and you know how competitive it's been for the most part, I think it's you know only fitting that we get to see one more game between these two teams.
2: Never underestimate the heart of a champion or cojones de acero. <laughs> and that is exactly what Kyle Lowry reminded us that he possesses with that performance. And I, dude, the shot making in that third overtime, given how long everybody on that floor had played, was I mean absolutely spectacular.
1: Well that was the that was the craziest part about all that, McBann, is that these guys couldn't make a shot for what it felt like 25 minutes straight, neither team, right? It felt like every time uh, everybody scored it was a monumental event. And then all of a sudden there was like a basket on I think six or seven straight trips down the court for both yeah. teams. It was crazy. And um, I mean and there were
2: some like tough threes, you know, some like step back threes and I mean Marcus Smart's become this knockdown shooter and uh i mean and then the 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 dagger that lowry hit i mean that's a tough off dribble turnaround
1: well and 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 just real quick on brian's point about lowry i mean there are i it's hard to think of a guy who's had a more dramatic mid-career turnaround than kyle lowry i mean kyle Lowry's almost certainly in my opinion going to be in the hall of fame when his career is over and if you had said that when he got traded to toronto you, you would have been laughed out of every room you were in and he's become you know one of the you know one of the best and toughest guards in the league. He's been part of this entire Raptors turnaround. I mean, it, like you said, Brian, it wasn't long ago that Toronto was being called Lebronto and just being you know, demolished <laughs> repeatedly in the playoffs by LeBron yeah. James and yeah. everybody mocked them, right? Getting swept by the Wizards in the first round, losing to the Brooklyn Nets. It's an amazing first round. reversal. To it's, see just, them. it's incredible yeah. to see this team now as this mentally tough, you know, steel-eyed group that just comes out here and just you know, takes everything you've got and then still comes back for more. It's just, it's just really remarkable to see.
0: Outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned. Um, if you watched this, you know, so, you know, in this series, it again, reminds me of one of LeBron's all time great quotes <laughs> when they were in the Eastern conference finals and the series was 2-2 against the Raptors. And, LeBron said, I've been in a lot of adverse situations and this is not one of them. Um, and then, you know, you look at the way they play in this series, you know, it's two, two, it was, you know, like Tim said, almost three Oh, and now it's three, three. Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened in this game. I mean, one of the things I'm going to say in um, a lot of guys made a lot of great plays. I mean, Marcus smart, I mean, I I have a lot of admiration for Marcus Smart. I I was already there. I don't, I mean, it's like my eyes are not open on him. I voted him first team all defense, a very willing or a very uh, deserving member who made the team this week. Um, But watching Marcus Smart play right now, he's gone from like graduate level to doctorate level on what he does. Um, He had a triple double in this game. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, They only gave him one steal. Again, I want to know who's keeping track of the steals. He was just brilliant in this game and so smart and so shrewd. And his play is why the Celtics really are in this position. But I just have to say, from a Celtic standpoint, they got to get more out of Jason Tatum, uh, McMahon, because. I, I, his numbers look okay. I mean, his numbers look good. Don't get me wrong. 29, 14 and nine. He had, you know, some real moments in this game, but he was not able to affect it down the stretch and they were going to Kemba Walker when he needed baskets. And look, Kemba Walker has some pelts on on the wall on some big shots, but it's better to go to the six nine guy um, in that stretch. And so if I'm the Celtics coming out of this, I'm saying, Jason, when this is going like this, you've got to step up and and be more involved.
2: Yeah, and I mean 29 14-9 is a heck of a line, but 9 and 21 and eh, six turnovers and then having to go to Kimble when Kimba just didn't have it going all night long. I mean, I know he hit
0: two one, of 11.
2: Yeah, well he hit one big shot there late, but he didn't have it going on and look, they signed Kimble Walker you know, in large part because he's a guy who can create his own shot. He's a guy who's got a history going back to college of hitting big shots. But uh, I, I agree with you on a, on a night like tonight when he he doesn't have anything going, you want your best player to, you know, you want to be able to go to your best player and get it done in crunch time.
0: Yeah. Kemba Walker, 11 shots. Like I said, two of 11. Um, Jalen Brown, 30 shots, three zero, eleven 11 of 30 Jason Tatum, 21. Bontemps. I mean, I don't want to criticize them, but it, again, this is something that if you're if you're analyzing this game, if you're the Celtics, that's where that's where it starts, in my view.
1: Well, look, I mean, for one thing, Nick Nurse saw Kemba Walker largely destroy the Raptors through uh, these first five games, outside of one shaky game in Game Four. So he put a box in one on Kemba Walker in the first half. He had three shots at halftime, and uh, Jalen Brown had 17. Right? Like that's not. The ratio that the Celtics want. And to go back to Jason Tatum for a second, the single biggest play of this game was when the ball got swung to Jason Tatum with 45 seconds left. It looked like he had a clean look from three. He hesitated, pulled it down, tried to dribble into the into the paint uh, with the Celtics up one or down one, sorry. And he lost the ball. Norm Powell stole it, drove down and got an and one layup on the break. And that that was the play that put the Raptors up four and sealed the game. So, Norm
0: Norm Powell with some humongo plays in this game. Uh, In the overtime, the isolation play wasn't so good, but... (laughs) uh, But
1: real quick, real quick about that. So in the very first game of the season, Nick Nurse drew up an isolation play for Norm Powell at the top of the key at the end of regulation with the game tied against the Pelicans. And he missed a shot and went to overtime. But part of his thinking in doing that at the time was he knew he was going to need Norm Powell down the stretch of the season and needed to grow his confidence because he had kind of a rough year last year. And Norm... Had a great season. He was banged up with injuries some, but he almost went 50-40-90 from the field. He averaged 16 a game off the bench for them. And and you said it. like He had 23 off the bench in this game. He he was a huge reason, if not the reason, why Toronto pulled this out in the overtime. So, I mean, I know people were killing Nick for that ISO, and it certainly wouldn't have been better if he got by Kemba instead of settling for that three. But, you know, Norm Norm Powell has become a real key piece for them, and there's a big reason why they're going to a Game 7 on Friday.
0: So, getting back to Tatum and Nick Nurse. Tatum had another turnover late in regulation where, again, he did not attack. Um, and I actually kind of think after he didn't attack a couple of times, then Kemba went straight isolation on the last two plays, and they they failed. Um, he does not attack. And instead, with three seconds on the shot clock, he tries to throw at the ball to Daniel Tice in the corner, which, I mean, I guess it, it might have been an open shot. But my problem was it was not Daniel Tice in the corner. It was Nick Nurse standing like three inches off the court in the corner um, in an illegal position. <laughs> um, but again, you know, I think, you know, I, I think after the game, Jalen Brown complained about Nick Nurse a little bit. Tim, you can clear that up in a second. But um yes, Nick Nurse shouldn't have been standing there. But I would argue that, you know, Jalen Brown shouldn't be looking for Daniel, or um, Jason Tatum shouldn't be looking for Daniel Tice to bail him out on a corner three in that spot.
1: Yeah. I mean, after the game, you know, Jalen essentially said, uh, there was a big dust up after the buzzer, you know, Marcus Smart, again, not surprisingly got into it with people. Uh, he and Marcus all got tangled up and fell on the ground and it looked like they had some words and no, uh,
0: Marcus Smart tried to flop to get no, a foul. Oh I, yeah, I, 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 no, I
1: no, not also, Marcus Also Smart. that never happens. Right. I was just being charitable to, uh, to Marcus, but yeah, no, he, he tried to, he tried to draw a foul, didn't get it. And then there was some drawing back and forth. It wasn't really a big deal, but then, uh, Yeah, Jalen Brown got asked about that at the end of the game and kind of went out of his way to say, well, it'd be good if the coaches on the other side were uh, more in control of their emotions during the game. Uh, We need to just not be losing control of our emotions on the sideline. And when I asked him if he meant, did you mean Nick Nurse standing in the corner on that pass to Daniel Tice? He said, well, I think it'd be good if the coaches would kind of be in control of their emotions uh, (laughs) during the game. So, I
0: mean, by the way, the sideline is like – Nine feet wide, <laughs> fifteen yard penalty.
1: Nobody's benefited from that more than the Raptors. That's right, Kyle. Kyle used, like you said, Kyle I used every right, inch man. of it to get that shot over Taco or the pass over Taco Fall in Game Three. I mean, look, this, these are these are teams that play four times a year, every year. This is a series, you know, for all the years that these teams have been good the past five, six years, they've never played in the playoffs. And going back to November, both sides kind of were eyeing this series up. Milwaukee looked like it was going to be the one seed. And they both knew they were kind of lined up in this 2-3 spot and they were going to play. And, you know, this is an emotional, physical, grinded-out series. I mean, it's a real 1990s Eastern Conference series in a lot of ways. And, you know, not surprised some tempers flare at the end of this game. And I have a feeling there will probably be a few more that that get hot, you know, when these teams meet in Game 7 on Friday.
0: McMahon, the Celtics, I think, are the better team. Are they winning Game 7?
2: Are they the better team? I, I, I don't know if that's fair. I, I, don't, I don't know. I,
1: don't, I, I think don't know the Raptors it's... are the deeper team. What I would say is the Celtics have a higher yeah. ceiling. The Raptors, yeah. for the Raptors to win, it's, it's a lot harder for the Raptors to win. The Celtics, there's a reason the Celtics have won two games in the series comfortably. Um, they, they have a much higher ceiling offensively. When Kemba and Tatum get going, they're two, they, those are explosive offensive guys that Toronto doesn't have. They just have to work so hard to score, especially when the threes aren't falling. Like that was really a change in this game. In the second half, they started banging in threes from everywhere and turned the game around. So I I think Toronto can win, but it's just harder for them to do it. That's all. Oh,
2: I don't know. They did it five more times than the Celtics did during the regular season. I mean, one team had fifty-three wins, one team had forty-eight. I'm not saying that's end-all, be-all, but I mean,
0: look, I've praised the Raptors up and down on this podcast. I'm not. (laughs) I'm just saying, though, watching these two teams play six times, I think Boston's got more talent, especially if Pascal Siakam is going to play at this level. Quite frankly,
2: you know what's crazy, Siakam. I mean, God, he hit one tough, like little baseline jumper, but there were so many times he got to the cup and just couldn't finish.
1: He had a terrible drive. He was, I think it was in the first overtime where he made a nice move, was all by the rim and himself, and had it roll around and out. That was looked like it was going to be a really costly miss uh, for Toronto, only for them to eventually come back and tie it. But yeah, I mean, look, I thought this was a coin flip series from the beginning, especially with no Gordon Hayward. It's turned into one. Uh, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, I think the Celtics have a higher ceiling, like I said, but, you know, the Raptors have given themselves a chance. And as we've already seen in this series, right. And it can happen. And as we've seen in the series, it's going to be awfully hard to knock these guys out. So, you know, especially because we, we,
2: we, the North, they got a home court advantage for game seven. So they, they earned
0: that during the
1: regular season. Those extra,
0: those extra wins. Um, we did see, we think, did
1: see both home teams uh, eke out. Oh, well, I guess Houston was the technically the fifth seed, right, in that series. I was going to say both, uh, both both those Game 7s last week went down to the buzzer, so maybe we'll get another Game 7 buzzer beater uh, on I Friday.
0: I don't think uh,
1: Virtual Jurassic Park is quite the same. <laughs> know, the, Rock, the Rockets were <laughs> the fourth seed, by the way. Oh, okay, so there you go. So the home court advantage 2-0. Home court advantage so far, that's right. Yep. Big, big advantage for the Raptors. Um, man. actually, you know what I just realized? Uh, funny, funny. You mentioned that the, it just occurred to me a funny stat in the series. The road team has won every game. So, uh, which is funny the way it's broken out that way, but, uh, um, so
0: you're telling betters that Celtics, well, if,
1: if you go by right, the first six games then the Celtics should win, but we'll, uh, we'll see.
0: Well, um, Celtics going to be kicking themselves on this. Uh, the Raptors did have shots, um, to win in both overtime and both regulation on the first overtime. Um, there were some strange calls. I'm not going to really go into the calls. Um, I'm glad that calls did not decide the game uh, because there was some stuff that were a little was a little blurry there.
2: Um, how do you feel, Wendy, as, as a guy who suddenly grew hair uh, <laughs> mid-career, how, how do you feel about Tony Brothers?
0: <laughs> it is a very impressive hairline. In fact, there are several referees. Um, I think uh, Sean Wright is another referee who has returned to the bubble with, he's gone from no hair to a very, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying shenanigans to uh, tip. Cat to T- Jack, T- T-
2: Tony brother. I think, I think there might've been some, uh, <laughs> you know, I think there's some imports going on in that, in that situation, by the way, Mike Malone, who knew? I mean, because, like, I've, I've got a voluntary buzz cut, as you did, but, like, you can tell, like, it grows. <laughs> Mike Malone was, like, down to the skin. <laughs> uh, he came.
0: Well, to... I guess who knew about Tony Brothers?
2: Mm, I'm skeptical on that one.
0: You think um, that during COVID somebody got a some sort of maneuver in that I, regard?
2: I mean, I think, I think that thing might be glued on each morning. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I'm going to tell you that, you know, I have relationships with a couple officials. I will say that the first week, I there was, there was some discussion about
1: Tony Brothers. <laughs> uh, the controversy but, no one knew about.
0: Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket. With Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H O O P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live.
2: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.
0: Speaking of controversy.
2: Uh-oh.
0: Daniel House. Uh, McMahon, you had a story that came out in the middle of the fourth quarter of this clippers nuggets game 4 you want to brief us on what that story said
2: yeah and get woes to to help me get this one in over the uh over the goal line but essentially daniel house's series and therefore playoffs could very well be over there the league is looking into a, prevent, a potential violation of campus protocol Um, it's to do with his activity within the team hotel. And, you know, you can read between lines.
0: You're saying a lot without saying a lot, right?
2: Right. Um, this
0: is a non COVID related shutdown.
2: Yes. Yes. It's, it's activity within the team hotel,
0: alleged activity.
2: Well, alleged, absolutely alleged. And he is saying, uh, you know, he, he's, Crying innocent, obviously the league Um, didn't buy it for Game Three. Uh, He is listed as out for Game Four due to "quote unquote" personal reasons. Um, You know there 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 are some there are some some wildly irresponsible rumors flying around Twitter that uh, are are naming names of potential a potential uh, a accomplice that is just completely inaccurate and, and unfair. Name, name. Yeah. Naming a name that is, it's, you know, it's completely inaccurate and unfair uh, to the person who is named. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, but yes, they're, they're looking into his activity within the hotel. And there is a precedent for if you violate campus protocol, it's a 10 day in quarantine thing. Bruno Cabaclo, when Bon Temps, you were part of the, our our quadruple team on the Bruno story. That's right. He got he got ten days for <laughs> wandering out
1: of his room.
0: Lemon pepper chicken wings.
1: Well, that wasn't on oh, was, campus. That was off campus. That was, that was a, well a, a no violation. no 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 no. no. Brian's referring to Rashawn Holmes who also yes, got a 10 game suspension for, for stepping off of campus to get his order in of lemon pepper wings. Correct. I and apologize. then and then there's Lemon Pepper Lou Will which obviously was an off campus That's right. Violation That's, right. That's right. But that also resulted in 10 days.
0: Was there any lemon or pepper involved in this alleged violation? Uh, there might have been some
2: Magic City sort of circumstances, but oh, okay, y- yeah, but I don't, I don't know if there was. I, I can't tell you what he had for dinner,
0: or had, <laughs> or had
2: dessert. I don't know.
0: Uh huh. Yes. Uh, he was really good in game two. I think he hit three of seven on threes, and they had to drop down and play Austin Rivers. No offense, to Austin Rivers, but, um you know, it was a bit of a downgrade with what they're doing and it, it affects them. They only, they don't go that deep. Mike
2: D'Antoni, as we know in the playoffs tends to have a very short bench. Uh, Daniel House Jr. um, He's, he's their sixth man. I mean, he, he's the, you know, he's the one reserve who's playing in the, you know, high twenties per game, even the thirties in some games. Um, And, you know, on Tuesday, D'Antoni, a little. Little classic Mike D'Antonio hyperbole, but he's declaring that House is one of the best two-way players in the game, and so look. This- uh, and so Jeff Green had to play a lot more, man. and Jeff Green actually played his his best game in this series. But yeah, there you know Austin Rivers was was a very fringe rotation guy. They've got to lean on him a lot more. Uh, ben McMore had basically falling out of the rotation. You know, if House isn't involved, then he probably has to play. Uh, more. And so, yeah, this is a huge hit. Then look, Jeff Green played 35 minutes uh, in, in games. They don't want to be playing Jeff Green 35 minutes.
1: No, uh, Daniel House is a guy that um, earlier in these seeding games, I wrote about in a notes column because he's a guy that scouts around the league had really pointed out to say, this guy's playing really well for Houston. And he's a perfect fit for the mm-hmm. way the Rockets are playing with the switching system. He's a one of these, you know, he's a big physically built 6'6 guy. Um, and he's he's proved, he's become a good three-point shooter. Um, he like like you said, McMahon. I mean, he's a really key piece for them. And uh, you know, you only have so many of those pieces to go to. You take him out, like you said, you're playing Ben Mclemore more. You're playing Austin Rivers more, and you know that really came to back to bite Houston in Game Three. And you know, fans might not think about Daniel House right away when they think about the Rockets, but if he's not able to play the rest of the series, yeah, I mean, uh, chances, I I I think. make too much dent in their chances. I think
0: I don't make much of a backup. But I will say that the Lakers kind of got their defensive game plan really organized in Game 3. And uh, they trapped the heck out of James Harden, especially late. And um, it was effective. Even though Harden put up good numbers, it was effective. He wasn't able to get to his spots. And, you know, you combine good defense with LeBron playing at that level. And that was a a very good LeBron game. He, He has great... He's got another level. Um, I'm not guaranteeing he's going to hit it, but he's got another level. So Houston's margin for error, this is what I always talk about in series, is reduced a little bit with Daniel House. Um, the Lakers' margin for error is spreading, if Rajon Rondo is going to play this way. Um, I mean, but, Rondo
2: shot the ball so well that the, the Rockets are kind of reevaluating just how much they want to – kind of give him the invitation jump shots.
0: Well, what would you do about that, Bontemps? I think they play the percentages. You, I, I, mean, I
1: would I would let him shoot the ball like crazy. I mean, look, I mean if you're going to lose to the Lakers, that's right. let it be with Rondo yeah, hitting. I, I mean, look, they they were a disaster in the fourth quarter, Houston, but I knew that game was over when Rajon Rondo hit a a sidestep three pointer in the corner at the end of the third. I was like, "Give me a
0: that was like seventeen yeah.
1: feet in the air." Yeah, I mean, it was a, like when right. that goes in, you're kind of like, "Hey, you know, this is the way this is going to go." Then they start the fourth quarter. He knocked down, I think, three, and then uh, Alex Caruso threw in one. The game before. Markeith Morris goes four for four from three in the first quarter. I mean, if the Lakers are getting their reserve players to do that, yeah, well, that's not that's anyway. their
0: formula. That's what they.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's a fairly they... flawed formula against a better team. Well, than Houston,
0: it's but... I know, but it's working and so it's far. Working. I that's mean...
2: right. Well, also, how much are, how much of the Rockets being a disaster in the fourth quarter is because their legs are heavy, because their rotation's so short, because their sixth man is watching on TV in the hotel if he's not, you know, viewing alternate alternative programming
1: no i mean look it's that's that's Maybe why that's why i think all-star performance it really is from uh, mcmahon that's why but that's why i think it's a huge loss for them that that house isn't playing because again he's not a he's not like the first name you think of but like mcmahon said they only play seven guys really and he's a really good player yeah. a key piece of what they do you take him out I mean that's a that's a really big problem. now they're, now they're really playing six
2: and like two thirds guys as and then, with- and and Rivers and and Mackmore play twenty one minutes total don't score
1: right that's and it's problem and as we've seen late in these fourth quarters game after game after game James Harden is not able to score the way they need him to so you know it's it all it all adds up and it, it's just it makes but, you know it makes their life a lot harder you get 63 points out of
2: Harden and and Westbrook, you should be able to score more than 102 total. And honestly, I didn't think Russ had a game like that in him just because of the circumstances. I mean, coming off a strained quad, he was clearly not in rhythm uh, in the, you know, few games he played in previous series, the first couple games in this series. Uh, you know, he can't be healthy coming off a strained quad, not to mention off of coronavirus and getting to the bubble late and all that kind of stuff. So, to to get a, a you know relatively efficient thirty point, you know, low turnover performance out of Russ and still get beat by double digits, that's uh that's not great.
1: You know what I'll say though, McMahon? Do you think that part of the reason they only got thirty-threes up is because they, that Russ was out there? It seemed like that really kind of junked up. He for the amazing. most part passed
0: up the threes.
1: Right. The, with the previous
2: game, Russ jacks up seven threes, the most he'd shot in any game since Christmas, and that's certainly
0: is not the recipe. He was disciplined. He mostly passed them up. Yeah, but you you, you want Russ attacking downhill. They need to
1: shoot more than 30 as a team. Like, I agree. You don't want Westbrook shooting seven, but if he's shooting 30, like that's – or if the team's only shooting Thursday, that's not the formula that they have built this team around. The formula
2: formula is what they did the last you know, two and a half months of the season before it was suspended, and that's Russ just attacking downhill like a madman, either finishing or or kicking out to three-point shooters. Obviously Harden getting up uh you know, twelve to fourteen threes a game and and, and they're they're making it tough on Harden. I mean, for him to get up twenty three shots in that game took some and what he what he was doing was he was attacking the double team before it really got there. So creating much more um, you know, off the drive than than on his step back. And, you know, in a in a way that's a win for uh for All right, let me say
0: let me say this. If you're if you're the uh the the Rockets, you're saying Look. Rondo is not going to shoot like this. Marquise Morris is not going to shoot like this. Anthony Davis is going to have a down game. We're going to be we're going to be okay. If you're the Lakers, you're saying the Rockets shot made 23 or 22 threes in game 2 when we beat them. And uh, Westbrook and uh, you know had a really you know really good probably top line game 3 and we beat them. You know, we're going to we're going to keep beating them. You know, I think you can say that. Let me say this too. LeBron's record as acting general manager has pluses and minuses in it. Okay. Um, all the way back to when he advised the Cavs to sign Eddie Curry to telling basically he didn't tell the heat to draft Shabazz Napier, but he said he was the, his favorite player (laughs) in the draft. Uh, on the other hand, he said, "Get me J.R. Smith in Cleveland," and that worked out. Uh, I mean, I'm and I'm not necessarily giving you know Anthony Davis. It, you don't have to be uh, you don't do Red Auerbach to say get me Anthony Davis. He has wanted to play with Rajan Rondo for a long time, and he's wanted to play with him because he has seen how effective he can be in the playoffs, and he. Basically kind of said to the Lakers, I want Rondo on this team. And he has stuck with him in the dark times. And he wants him out there. And one of the reasons he's out there is because LeBron wants him. And in this playoffs, Rondo has been delivering. Now we are not even halfway through. You cannot form an opinion yet, but you have to give LeBron credit and Frank Vogel credit. Because they have stuck with what he's wanted, and what he has wanted has helped them win the last two games.
2: Well, these yeah, these last two games, Rondo has been spectacular, and the, the the passing in both games has been, you know, just kind of classic Rondo. And then, I mean, what was he eight of eleven shooting the ball in yep. this game? And and you know, there's some fluke factor there, but you you listen to Harden, you listen to D'Antoni, like the Rockets can't get, just let him have you know check the wind type of three pointers i mean they at least have to <laughs> you know have to in check some way sh-
0: yeah
2: in, in in some way shape or form they've got to uh per- at least pretend to contest i mean he, he's you know they they gave lou dork to check the wind threes and it almost it almost bit him in the butt in game seven like even i mean you guys see like NBA players who aren't three point shooters, you see them in warm-ups, they can all knock down eighteen to twenty-five with you know with nobody around them. So of they course. can't they can't just give them those kind of invitation uh threes or as uh and as hard called them, feel good buckets.
1: Rond- Rondo's had a good couple of games, but let, I think we need to slow down on doing any victory laps on uh personnel. No
0: victory laps, just pointing it out.
1: As a guy who covered Rondo and Dallas, once you get past the
2: the second half of game two, it's all gravy (laughs) from there in a playoff
1: series. (laughs) Literally, if you actually physically are there. It's actually on the court past that.
0: All right, well, we'll we'll see how that that game, uh, game four in that series will be a vital one for the Rockets. We'll see how Rondo can back it up. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. before we go tonight in the last game, you know, the Clippers have been very difficult for me to read in this post season. They have had moments where you're like, wow, wow, wow. And a whole bunch of moments where you're like, meh, which is kind of how their season has been. And just like they had throughout the season, they had some built in excuses, you know, lack of cohesion guys who were not in condition because they were away for various reasons. Um, but it's, it, it, we're, we're getting to the point where it's like, you know, you know, either you are a championship team or you're not now they, they survived game two, a uh, game that um, I should say game three, a game that they very easily could have lost, but they survived it with the Kawhi middle finger block, which even though I think Jamal Murray was going to miss that dunk, <laughs> I think he was a little bit aggressive on how far he was from the basket. Um it's an iconic play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you no. Know? Um, Kawhi backs up tonight. It was kind of a blah, another blah game, but the Denver Nuggets and their high powered offense managed 85 points in game four. Kawhi tonight with a very efficient killer, thirty points, eleven rebounds, nine assists, four steals, two blocks. One turnover. One turnover, and he had to do the heavy lifting because Paul George was in foul trouble the whole game and was not a factor. 10 points. Um, I will admit to you that in this particular series, my belief about the Clippers being the, the headed for the championship has gotten a little hazy at times because I'm wondering what's their top level and what's them messing around. Um, in this game. In the second quarter, they were tied. um, Was the third quarter? The third quarter. They were tied and were in the penalty with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. Paul George was on the bench and Denver was on a run. And they decided to play six minutes of dominating basketball and essentially won the game. And then they pretty much let down after that. And Bontemps, I don't know whether they are capable of doing that for more. I think that they are, but I've been saying that now for 10 months.
1: Clippers this year remind me very, very, very much of the Warriors of the past two seasons with Kevin Durant, in that they care when they want to care, which is rarely, but they're so good that it doesn't really matter. And I think that's the way these playoffs are going to go. Uh, I don't think they, I think if you get them with true serum, I would say they don't think the Nuggets have any chance of being them. I would agree with them on that. Uh, I think because of that, they tend to care for about 10 minutes a game and the rest of the time they kind of float along. That's, you know, that's exactly what the Warriors did for the past two seasons. And it's all the same stuff. I think that when they play the Lakers, presumably in the conference finals, And when they play in the NBA finals against you know, whether it's the Celtics or the Raptors or the Heat, I think the intensity level is going to be up to a 10, and I think that they are going to be the best team, and I think they're going to win. Um, Because, as you said, Kawhi Leonard, to me, is when you get – especially when you get into April, May, and June, and now July, August, and September, and now October, he's the best player on the planet. And I I think he's – well, look, hey, you can argue with me. I watched him win a championship last year. And I think he's going to win another championship this year. Because I, I mean, just,
2: LeBron, LeBron's won a few
1: championships. Yeah, he's also 35. This is yeah, a thing I know. He in. only had 36 points in yes, four blocks. He was, last yes, night. he was great. Again, people, anytime you say anything besides LeBron being the single best player ever, people go crazy.
2: Like, I'm not going crazy. I'm just saying to declare with no and doubt. I won the championship the best last year.
1: He was the finals MVP, he took out everybody what cool. what else does well, he didn't have take do? out he didn't take out lebron because he, he wasn't didn't. in the playoffs what are we oh, what are well we he about? he is this year and so yes we gonna find out we will find out but i i th- it's just it's ridiculous to me that people would question this i mean this guy did it last year when it mattered he's the defending champion i know he's not on the raptors he's the finals mvp somebody has to beat him in the playoffs and i to me Wendy, I has think- lebron
2: ever won a finals mvp before
1: Yes. He he has won finals MVP before. I, so was okay. Kawhi. He won one five years ago. I don't know why that or six years ago. It doesn't matter at this point. Um, <laughs> I, it, it just This is ridiculous. The point is the Clippers have the most talent. I think the Clippers are going to win. And I think when they play a team, they respect, especially because they that'll be more time for them to get Montrez Harrell going more time for them to get, uh, you know, these Patrick Beverly going. He's missed a bunch of time with injuries. I think by the time they get to that Lakers series, assuming the Lakers advance, they're gonna be locked in and ready to go. And I think you're gonna see a much different team. McMahon. I, I I do think there's definitely something
2: to the Lakers kind of deciding when they feel like they're being challenged. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that after they get the big lead on, on the Mavericks and, and Luca comes back with just this historic performance and biggest comeback in Mavs history, da da that the Clippers came out and absolutely mopped the floor with the Mavericks in the next game. Um, points. I also think that's a pretty bad habit, and can can they sustain for seven games or, or whatever, you know, six games, whatever it would take uh, to, to beat a, a, a truly elite opponent? And I do that look, I think the Lakers are an elite opponent. LeBron is absolutely still in the argument for the best player in the world, um, I, you know Kawhi does not definitively have that crown, no matter what bomb temp says. Um, oh, God, are they serving that off-the-record ale that they do important? Has that been imported in the bubble? What's the He was the arm?
1: he was he was the Finals MVP last year. He took yeah. out the MVP in the playoffs. What, no, and and, yeah. and so, but he here's loses, the thing: he's got the. Crown. If you
2: if you were asking me at the beginning of these playoffs, you're going to have one player.
1: I'm taking Kawhi Leonard. Well,
2: I would disagree with you, and I would take LeBron still.
1: That's fine. That's I mean, LeBron's great. That's not a criticism either guy. But Kawhi, to me, until he, until he gets beat in the playoffs, he's the guy. He's got the crowd. So hopefully we get this Lakers-Clippers series, and we see what happens because it would be great. Kawhi versus LeBron would be a hell of a series. The Last time we saw it, by the way, was six years ago, and we know what the outcome of that was. So we'll see if it's the same outcome this time.
0: Yeah, there's they're, they're different in a way that's hard to compare. So I don't think LeBron can dominate a game defensively the way Kawhi can, especially he can for
1: stretches. Well, that's because nobody's ever maybe been able to defend to dominate a game on the perimeter defensively like, like Kawhi. Has.
0: But like even in this game tonight, there were a few times where Kawhi just told the Nuggets, You're done for right now. Um and I don't think LeBron can do that. So and that's that that really matters. Um, but I don't think Kawhi can get two points. I mean,
1: he can get two points. but I, but I'm I mean not gonna, I'm not gonna give you this one either. I think
2: no, LeBron is on, a more dominant offensive force. That
1: is not No, not I agree it. with that, but it if you're asking somebody to get a shot. Kawhi is like better than anybody at getting to yeah, his spot I, I and getting it's, it's a right, shot, man. but he's not. A big, but obviously, LeBron's a way better passer than him, no question. Way better. Kawhi's better at it, but he's I've gotten better at it, but he's no yeah, And LeBron's a
0: such a verbal leader, and he, man, it's. I know, I and I know that it's it's um, you know, and Kawhi doesn't have the fan base that LeBron does. So, and LeBron plays for the Lakers, and so people do get their backs up. Um, it's a hard argument to have. And even when they play each other in the next round, if they do, I don't know if it's going to settle it.
1: Um, oh, I'm sure it won't. But here's my thing: when you look at the two rosters, right? Take the two stars off each team away. Which team is deeper? Okay, but the, Anthony Davis or Paul George? Who are you taking? Obviously, you're taking Anthony Davis. Well, this okay. so, so, I'm so, saying: go after them. Go. So who like, is? The, how many I, type, I, how, Here, let me ask this: How many people off the Clippers are you taking before you take a Laker?
0: This is something that I've done for years when I've looked at series it's not by any means I'm not offering this up as some as some system that will predict it out, the outcome but when you when you would draft the series so okay in this round for example you would take LeBron James Harden and Anthony Davis in some order we could I don't want to argue about that but those would be the first three players picked and then how many rockets would you take before you would get to a laker Because you're taking Westbrook fourth. I think Eric Gordon is coming. PJ Tucker is coming. How long before you get to a Laker McMahon? Playoff Ronda over them all, baby. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's funny, but it's not a real answer. So now let's talk about a Clippers series. Okay. Again, Kawhi, LeBron, Anthony Davis are one, two, three in whatever order. Then Paul George is four. Okay. And then you got, you know, Lou Williams. You got.
1: Marcus Morris.
0: Marcus Morris. You got Montrez Harrell. Beverly. Um, Beverly. Zubach. I mean, how long till you get to, to I, I mean, I know that in this moment, in this exact time, the Laker fans are going to say you're taking Rondo ahead of Paul George. I understand that. But objectively, <laughs> how long are you saying before you come to a Laker? And that's why I've had the Laker, the Clippers ahead of the Lakers for 11 months.
2: I will say this. Danny Green has got to play better. I mean, it is not pretty right now.
0: Right now, Ivica Zubac is having a vastly bigger impact on his team winning than Danny Green is. And and, Zubac, and and how
2: much would the Clippers front office especially love if he's a difference maker in this season?
0: Uh, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, I mean let's just be honest. You know, and actually I don't know where Beverly is because <laughs> Beverly has not been has not been great, and neither has uh, Lou Williams. Well him, I to
1: think. to McMahon's point. If the Lakers are gonna beat the Clippers, then he's gotta be right. Meaning that LeBron's got to be the best guy on the planet, because if not, and and Kuzma's
0: got to have a great series. Well, that too,
1: but that too. But I'm just saying, they're not, they're not. If Kawhi outplays LeBron, or even plays into a draw, they probably can't win, right? He's got to be the guy still. Maybe he will be. Maybe he will be. We'll see. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Lots to talk about. Um, The bubble's going along beautifully. We're getting great stuff. Thank you, Tim BonTEMPS. Thank you, Tim McMahon. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. We will talk to you soon.